We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Pro Football Focus Show here at Roto-Grinders. I'm Stevie TPFL. It's Christmas Eve. It's week 16. We have football, what, seven times this week, it feels like. <laughs> um, we have so many football games, but we're going to talk about the main slate like we always do on this show. I'm joined by my good buddy, Ian Hartitz. Um, how are you doing, my friend? Doing great, Stevie. You got your uh, hat on that's bringing all of us Christmas cheer. We got some good football to talk about as we were talking about before the show. You know, it's always a little bit interesting doing these earlier in the week. And then we have something like Ezekiel Elliott get ruled active 90 minutes before kickoff. Can kind of throw a can kind of throw a wrench at thing, can flip a slate on its head, as we've been saying on the old Twitter sphere all season long. But uh yeah, man, I think uh, it's pretty nice though. You look at this uh, main slate, at least there's no Dalvin Cook, no Alvin Kamar, no Derrick Henry, no Devontae Adams. Truly maybe the most wide open uh, slayer of the year. And if Tyreek's out, we're going to be able to squeeze in the Chiefs. No problemo. So lots to discuss. Listen, this might be one of the best main slates we've had all year because it's not like just, you know, plug in Derrick Henry and stuff. Like right. I'm with you, buddy. I think that um, this slate's super interesting. And before we get into anything, before we start looking at the mismatch manifesto over there on Pro Football Focus, um, I have to take an L. Like, I was super wrong about Fournette. Well, was I wrong? Yeah. I don't know if I was necessarily wrong, but he scored two touchdowns. He got there in fantasy. That's what we play. We play DFS. Um, he got there. I will take my L. Um, listen, 
I can fall in from the one yard line too. But um, <laughs> listen, you know, I, I I'll, I'll say like I didn't like him last week on the show, and you know we got a lot of things right on the show last week, and I was wrong about Fournette. So um, I, I was wrong as well. I'm not gonna leave you uh, hanging out to dry. I was also thinking it would make <laughs> sense to fade him. It was looking good through 30 minutes, obviously not through 60, and that is the game we play. I do think uh, we were correct about there not being a reason. Like we weren't, you know, saying hey, go get on Gus Edwards or James White or one of these guys in a like price salary. I think the main point we made was hey, if you're not gonna go Fournette, if you're not gonna go Henry, if you're not gonna go any of these running backs, make sure you go to the passing games. Didn't exactly go our way with Fournette, but you know, I think we did help get some people on Tannehill, Corey Davis, and those things. So wasn't a total loss. No, it was I, I don't think it was a total loss either. Um, you know, if they listened to the bets part of the show, the bets were pretty on on point too. So um it, it was it was a really solid uh week. But like so even if you didn't play Fournette last week and you went Pollard or you went David Johnson, there wasn't a wrong, you know, cheap type of play last week. Yeah. So um a lot of those guys, Ahmed, he opened up, he did really well. So um, let's get into the mismatch manifesto week 16. We've already kind of, you know, started talking about this slate in general. Um, it, it's a, more of a condensed slate because we have games on Friday. We have games on Saturday. We have a Monday night football game. So let's look at, um, explosive plays for the main slate. Um, what are we looking at? Yeah, just some quarterbacks popping off uh, this week as ones that should be set up, you know, to make big plays through the air, looking at the Sean Watson versus the Bengals. And I think that makes sense. But again, it's just another t- like what, he, what he's done against the Colts and still gotten two L's despite, you know, having his teammates fumble inside the five yard line. It's absolutely criminal what he's had to go through this year. Nobody stands out more than Patrick Mahomes against the Falcons, as we probably could have guessed. But truly, you know, we'll, we need to keep an eye on that Tyree Kill hamstring injury because, you know, it's very tough to get Mahomes. Kelsey and Tyreek get that top stack in there. But if Tyreek is out, Miko Harbin at just 3,100 sure is looking enticing in cash and tournaments alike. Uh, on the, let's see, Friday. So yeah, I keep all these days in my head. Uh, Friday, Kirk Cousins looking good against the Saints. But same thing we had against the Buccaneers a couple of weeks ago, where it's one of these things where if they can give him time, he should be good. But if the pressure gets to him, which has a good chance of doing, things could be a little bit more rough. Uh, the Brady Bunch versus the Lions, as you all could have expected. And then uh, also on Monday night, Josh Allen versus the Patriots man that Bills line I think it opened at four and a half it's all the way up to seven people are over Belichick and the Patriots I don't blame them man I kind of think the Bills uh, find a way to route them as well uh quickly uh the Giants and the Bengals are kind of popping as the bottom two teams I would just say because I know we'll probably talk about Giovanni Bernard later I think the main reason why we like Giovanni Bernard in the post-Mixon, you know, quote-unquote era was because, okay, he's a scat back, you know, receptions are good in fantasy football and all that. He had one target last week. He turned into a 14-yard touchdown on a well-run angle route, but man, I feel like we got that game against the Steelers. Bengals offense wasn't as atrocious as normal. I would not go point chasing with Giovanni Bernard necessarily, even though it is a winnable spot. He's not getting the receptions. He's still in a dumpster fire of the offense. Just Approach any of these Bengals, Jaguars, Jets teams with extreme caution, people. These are not the types of offense we should be sticking our neck out for. Oh, we're going to disagree on this one. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, I'm super heavy on the Cincinnati-Houston game already. So, um, listen, that's that's, going to make it fun. We're we're going to bring all all kinds of presents here. So, (laughs) um, what's up, YouTube chat? You know, if you guys are hanging out on YouTube, um, Devin just posted a link in there for $10 off your first month of Roto-Grinders Premium um make sure you guys are checking that out so take advantage of that 10 bucks off man 10 bucks um it's 10 bucks let's talk pace ian um what games are we looking at this week that you know could feature more of a pace 
Eagles, Cowboys standing out. Just all the stars are lining for Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders this week. Got the increased pace to give him more plays. Got the Cowboys trash defense. Got the Eagles pressure to make life tough on Dalton. Truly, you know, I mean, we haven't gotten our best bets yet, but I have a feeling the Eagles are going to be popping up there. Uh, Falcons and Chiefs also popping up. That's just, I mean, truly, man. If Tyreek is out, like, I just don't know how in cash you get away from Mahomes, Hardman, Kelsey, and just roll it back with Calvin Ridley, assuming Julio is going to be missing as well. A lot of, uh, you know, game stack options there, though, either way. Um, also, some fast ones on Saturday. Buccaneers at the Lions, 49ers at the Cardinals. Cardinals always kind of popping up. And last one I would just mention, or last two I've mentioned, Broncos, Chargers. Maybe a sneaky game stack potential there. I know how bad Drew Locke and these wide receivers look last week. But look, I mean, that's who Drew Locke is. He looks actually pretty damn good sometimes. He threw four touchdowns two weeks ago. And then he looks atrocious, and none of his wide receivers get over 20 receiving yards. So I will say, you know, the Herbert stacks, those are where you want to go. But then you look at Hamler and Judy under 4K. It's possible to do a game stack there. And then finally, Colts at the Steelers. Just need to kind of figure out what we think of this one. I'm curious on your overall thoughts of that game uh, once we get the best bets, maybe, because holy cow, man, this Steelers team is trash lately. But at the same time, I'm a little worried about trusting Phillip Rivers going outdoors this late in December. So those are the pace ones. Yeah, um, you know, I think that when you're looking at this slate in general, when you're looking at the main slate, there are some good pace games. Like that Eagles-Cowboys game, you know, we don't have a ton of great games on this slate. Like we, I think, what, two games over 50, you know, implied totals. So like, you know, this Phillies, uh, Philly Dallas game, you know, not only is it going to be fast paced, there's a ton of fantasy options, um, in that game. So, um, let's move right along here. You know, one of the games they didn't mention though, Houston, Cincinnati, that game has a good pace too. Um, just, I just want to keep pointing that game out. Uh, Ian, like, you are, you are correct. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to keep pointing that game out for when we get, I, I gotta, I gotta start building my points now. <laughs> it's a, uh, uh, it's, it's a re- or run back. I'm already I'm already coming around to it. <laughs> and like, okay, so you don't even have to play Geo. So we'll we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, you play Deshaun Watson with Cooks and run it back with like T. Higgins. I know oh, I know yeah. you can get behind that a little bit. Yeah. Um, um let's talk pressure. Who's gonna who's gonna be under pressure this week? Yeah, and again, just if you look out there on the Friday, you know, DFS showdown grind, just realize Kirk Cousins, Vikings have one of the most efficient passing games in the league. I don't necessarily think. Lattimore and Jenkins can hang with uh, Thielen and Jefferson. You, if you just look back at Thielen versus Lattimore specifically over the past few years, this dude's been getting cooked uh, similar to Jair Alexander, but Kirk Cousins popping out as the guy with the most uh, pressure concerns, but on the main slate in particular, uh, you know, Colt McCord, Daniel Jones, whoever's under center, Matt Ryan. So, you know, maybe think about that KC defense as well. They've been getting some good pressure all season long. Sam Darnold should be screwed against Miles Garrett and company. That could be a nice little, you know, just go with Nick Chubb and that Browns defense. I'm sure we'll see the Jets fall back to earth to a pretty heavy extent this week uh drew Locke could be screwed against the chargers and finally russell wilson against the rams i will say though man and again i don't like get get ahead of the best bets too much but like we are just really leaving the seahawks for dead after russ didn't play great and hasn't played great but the rams just lost to the jets and i feel like russ is getting when the seahawks are getting more crap just for really not being all that impressive over the past few weeks like the rams and the Jets game and the Dolphins game, we have seen golf transform this team to a freaking shit show at certain points. And that always is a possibility, especially against Russell Wilson. So Ben Roethlisberger, 
uh kyler murray that could be an interesting one just having a lot of time yeah man kyler murray he is running again he is back there in that top three quarterback trainer we were talking about that last week maybe pivoting away from jalen hurts you know obviously jalen was just fine for himself but uh kyler and deandre hawkins did um, themselves some solid days as well uh last one i'll bring up mitch trubisky against the jaguars uh popping out someone that should have a lot of time man you look at mitch and i think he's had uh like six or seven stars this year he has finished either top seven among all qbs or outside of top 20 nowhere in between epitome <laughs> boomer bus qb1 listen that's that's what we like to see right um like if you're trying to pivot off of david montgomery chalk you can you can throw trubisky out there with like alan robbins and cole Komet and hope you get some touchdowns so first or last um yeah listen <laughs> no that, that's that's how you should play tournaments though like yep. they're, they're, you know mitchell trubisky is the definition of a, a quarterback that you want to play in, in tournaments so um i can't wait to talk about that seahawks game i've talked about it already a couple times this week but i feel like there's only one way two ways to approach that game full fade or stack um because it's either going to be like a straight shit show like you said (laughs) or it's going to be like this high scoring 65 70 point game where both the offenses finally click you know um so you know, let's look at yards before contact and stuff like that. Um, what are we looking at this week um, yeah. as far as that kind of stuff? It's the Eagles world. Everyone else is living in it on the ground. 4.09 <laughs> combined yards contact. No one else is even – no one else on the main slate is over – 3.11 man that is absolutely ridiculous i've not seen a discrepancy between the top ranked run game mismatch and everyone else this bad i was when i was putting this stuff together like uh you know getting the yards before contact i had a big grid rush attempts on the x-axis uh yards before contact on the y and like i almost didn't see the cowboys at first because they were that far removed from every other defense in terms of how bad they have been look this game could get out of hand fast i am not confident in the cowboys chance to move the ball we didn't i didn't talk about this enough with the pressure but you know andy dalton this year has, lo- has looked good for 12 quarters against the uh, Vikings, Bengals, most recent the 49ers. Those are the league's 24th, 31st, and 32nd ranked defenses and pressure rate. Eagles are fourth. Look, their secondary is banged up. Maybe Amari Cooper, maybe one of those guys could be a nice little runback candidate for us if they can get time. But I really think we're going to see the kryptonite of this Cowboys offense come out. That is their offensive line being overwhelmed by a good pass rush. And if that's the case, man, they still move fast, even though they don't have Dak. It's just going to be Jalen Hurts and company having the ball for a long time, and I do not think the Cowboys have the horse to stop them. So, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, you know, again, if you don't want to go the Chiefs route in cash, I do think going with the Eagles run game probably makes the most sense. A couple other matchups that do look good, though, J.K. Dobbins against the New York Giants, someone we would want to continue to pay attention to. Broncos versus the Chargers is still going to be pretty split up between Gordon and Lindsay. I'm not really trying to chase that two-touchdown performance. And the 49ers versus the Cardinals, we, uh, you know, it worked out with Jeff Wilson last week. He found the end zone. wasn't quite as big a performance as we wanted. It's not the same dream matchup, but most are already seemingly out for this week. It's much more, uh, you know, insured. And Shanahan can always throw a wrench in that backfield committee, but Jeff Wilson could be a nice little post-hype uh, spot here. Oh, yeah, yeah it's Saturday though. I no, mean, no, it's 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 still a good point to bring up for the Saturday slate because it's a three game slate and you know there's there's some running back options on that slate. You know, obviously you're gonna have to like make the decision if you're if you're gonna go Fournette against Detroit, which you know maybe this time he doesn't fall into the end zone, but it's a great matchup against Detroit. Yeah. But um, so yeah, I think it's a good point to bring up um, because like it could easily be like McKinnon. Um, they use Jusek sometimes. So, like, it, it's still Shanahan. Um, and that's the one thing that you got to worry about when you're looking at, like, that Saturday slate. So, yeah. um, let's talk about the passing game. There's, listen, Patrick Mahomes is going to come at the top of this list. And for good reason, you know, 
you were talking about like the Eagles run game. Something that could be super different this week is going like Sanders with the Eagles defense. You talked about Andy Dalton being under pressure. Well, if they're down in that game and they're throwing a ton and he's under pressure, like you have so many opportunities for Sanders and the Eagles defense to get there and maybe Hertz doesn't get a rushing touchdown. He's only, he only scores like 20 fantasy points. Well, Patrick Mahomes is going to score more than 20 fantasy points. And I'm sure you're about to tell us why with the passing game this week. Yeah, easily the best match. I mean, Falcons, I believe they're second worst in the league in fantasy points per game allowed to the quarterback position. I mean, it has just been brutal. And yeah, all, you know, everything is uh, just turning out Chiefs' way this week for sure. Also, though, coming in number two are Baker Mayfield and the Browns uh, against this Jets defense. The thing about the Jets, man, and we've seen that we see this with the Buccaneers a little bit too, like they're, they're quote unquote a good run defense. That's because they put eight guys in the box against pass plays more than just about anybody else. So Baker, the issue has always been volume he did not throw you know more than 30 times he only had two games with more than 30 pass attempts in weeks one through 12 he's passed that in three consecutive weeks now they're finally comfortable letting baker throw a little bit more just in neutral situations so past four weeks baker's been the fantasy qb 10 qb3 qb3 and most recently qb12 hey you know jarvis landry uh rashard higgins even you can make reasonable cheaper stacks i don't know if they have the same huge upside that uh you know maybe someone else does but the matchup's good enough baker's balling you know at least give a uh, higgins and jarvis landry a long look because i think this browns passing attack should keep on keeping on uh with that said Giants passing. Yeah, stay away from the Giants as a whole this week. It's just a dumpster fire. Same thing with the Jets. Eagles passing game, not looking great. I think that's a little bit flawed from uh, what Wentz has kind of done there. You know, Hurts Hurts wasn't magnificent last week. It wasn't the most impressive, you know, 300 plus yards and three touchdowns ever. Whatever. We'll take it. And the fact that he is such a rushing threat, and we see this with Lamar Jackson over and over again, like defenses have to play these rushing threats different. That's why sometimes when they do put up big yards, guys are more wide open and it just doesn't look the same as, you know, someone just dissecting the defense from the pocket. Doesn't matter in fantasy land. We'll take the points however they come. Yeah. And last point, Russell Wilson, not looking good against the Rams, but Dude, it's just been so weird with Russ. Like, they they stopped being able to create big plays, and that was, like, the entire just, you know, identity of their offense. I mean, he had multiple completions of 20-plus yards, and every single game up until week 14 where he had one, and week 15 he did not have a single completion of 20-plus yards. So, you know, he had three such completions all before of his first 12 games of the year. I don't know where it went. It's not the get-right matchup, but, man, I do wonder if in tournaments if we, uh, you know, bite the bullet and say, hey, it's Russell Wilson, maybe they come back this week. Listen, it's again, like we're going to talk about that game when we get there, but like they're fighting for the NFC West. Like this, this game could be like a straight shootout. Like this might be like Carol's like, Hey Russ, go win me the game. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to limit you. Like, um, you know, they've been fantastic this season. They're 10 and four. Um, you know, we can't really like argue, but like, would they be 12 and two if they didn't limit Russ so much and just let him kind of do his thing. But you know, this is a big game this week, and I feel like it's going to be one or the other. It's going to be a defensive showdown like it was the first time these two teams played a few weeks ago, or it's going to be a massively high-scoring game that you need pieces to. Yeah. Um, YouTube chat, Las Vegas Raider Raider. Um, how do we know that Andy Reid won't start his starters or sit his starters after the first quarter? Well, Patrick Mahomes is trying to win an MVP. So um, May May 17 week 17 maybe maybe they you know maybe sit him down for the second half if they're blowing the team out or anything but they're locked in I get the I get the question like they're locked in they're they're gonna have home field throughout um like it's no no question you know but I, I think that at the end of the day Patrick Mullins is trying to win an MVP and that's one of the things that we got to kind of think about but 
I don't know. We'll have to kind of see. Like, uh, we'll have to. I have to go back and look. I don't think he has done that in the past, right? No, I think he pretty he makes it pretty clear. I mean, Mahomes. You know, he's played. Let's see. He's played week 17 the last two years. You know, he's only thrown 25 and 24 passes, but they've also had comfortable double-digit wins in both times. But he played, uh, you know, 94% snaps last year. The year before, it was 76%, but that was because they won 35-3. to So, okay, if they put up five touchdowns in the first half, then maybe they'll pull out Mahomes a little bit early, but he's already You're got You're probably already five, there, then. He's already got two <laughs> five touchdowns by that point. And then in 2017, it was Mahomes' first start, and they just completely, like Alex Smith, didn't start at all so i think you know if we hear murmurs about it being a potential from you know Schefter or whoever okay we'll adjust accordingly but i wouldn't just think oh you know they could pull him out the first quarter unless we hear something very specific to that i would not worry about it it is a i'd be question. much more yeah i'd be much more worried about it next week than this week yeah. like we're still week 16 um i think they're, not they're gonna, gonna take, keep they're not gonna take three weeks off in a row i mean you're just right i, I feel like that's like just risky. Yeah, this is a team that's won nine straight games. Like, why? Like, you want to stay hot going into the playoffs, and like, like you said, you don't really want to take three weeks off. Um, you come out flat in that playoff game. And uh, let's talk EPA before we get into our best bets. Uh, what are we looking at this week, Ian? Yeah, just offense in the best overall spots. Uh, Chiefs and Buccaneers are standing. Chiefs, Buccaneers, and Packers stand out over almost anyone else. Packers and Titans, man, it's got the highest game total for a reason. There could be all sorts of points uh, flying on the scoreboard in that one. Browns offense, Texans offense, also looking good. Oh man, as I'm looking at this, your Bengals don't look as bad as I thought. That, so there we go. He's coming around. Coming around more and more. <laughs> uh, a couple of defenses not looking so, or a couple of offenses not looking so hot. Giants, Broncos, uh, Seahawks again, and, and the Jets. So the usual suspects. Uh, yeah, again, just, you know, can't stress enough. Just stay away from some of these dumpster fires of offenses. I get, you know, with the Broncos, maybe taking a flyer on Hamler or Judy just because of that price tag. But please, you know, just looking at this, uh, you know, EPA chart, do not just, if you see dark red, probably a good sign you shouldn't be actively looking to stack that offense uh let's get into our best bets this week you know you've kind of already talked about a couple i'm sure you're going to talk about the philly um dallas game um philly at minus two looks so juicy and i'm sure you're going to get into that like even if you want to take the over in that game i don't hate it but i, I love I love Philly minus two, Ian. Am I, am I stealing one of yours here? Are we on the same page with this one? We are exactly on the same page. I bet it earlier this week, and I was just seeing where my book has it, and they're up to two and a half, so that's good. But, yeah, open as a pick, which, you know, would have been nice to get it there. But, man, I just think that pressure, it's going to be too much for Dalton. I know it's a banged-up secondary, but, you know, who cares if you don't have enough time to get the ball downfield? Dalton made a few truly good throws last week, but, again, we have seen 12 quarters of competence in this post-DAC offense. I'm not expecting that to continue I mean, look, this last time I know it was, you know, a different game when they played, but like Wentz was awful in that first game between these two teams. It just didn't matter. It was still a blowout. So different time of the season, but I just think the Eagles are in a different plane than this Cowboys team, which is sad because neither of them are a very good team at all, but particularly if it hurts, you know, just giving them the spark. And I think the rest of the team has been playing better and they can do the one thing that the Cowboys have proven again and again and again, they can't, and that is stop the run. So Eagles minus two also, man, you know, talking about the Seahawks a little bit I think Seahawks minus one is not giving Russ nearly enough credit again the Rams just lost to the Jets we have seen Jared Goff single-handedly lose them games we've seen Russ not be a world beater for a couple games and he's had you know one or two uh, complete duds but between Goff and Russ like it's a hundred percent Russ and we would all do that and hey we should give some credit to the Seahawks defense at some point man they are no longer no longer 
the laughing stock that, you know, I think a lot of us got used to treating them as over the first two months of the season. I mean, going back to week 11, even going back to week 10, when the last time they played the Rams, they haven't allowed over 23 points in a game since uh, week nine. So they've actually had four straight games under 20 points and, uh, and allowing, uh, you know, their, let's see, I'm, excuse me, they've had six straight games under 300 passing yards. So competition hasn't been all that great. The football team, Jets, Giants, Eagles, Cardinals, and Rams. But with that said, again, this Rams passing game hasn't been looking all that great. I do not think they deserve the benefit of the doubt at this point. Give me the Seahawks minus one. And finally, have another parlay for you all. The $100 to win 272 cash last week. Buccaneers, Bills, Bucks, Chiefs, love to see it. Got another one for this week. 100 to win 350. Our three, you know, higher favorite, no problems. Buccaneers over the Lions, Texans over the Bengals, Ravens over the Giants. Don't anticipate too many problems there. Too many toss-ups. I do like the Packers over the Titans, you know, credit to Tannehill and everything they've done. The problem is this Tennessee defense just has not come close to stopping anybody. The two times this year we've seen Rodgers and any sort of trouble was against the Panthers and against the uh, Buccaneers, both of whom have pretty solid pass rushes. Not quite the case in Tennessee. I just do not see them slowing down Rodgers. Give me him over Tannehill in this one. And then also I do like the Chargers over the Broncos. Wide range of possibilities with Drew Locke. He came back and won this game the first time they faced this year. But I still think, you know, seeing this line, I think it's only at three, three and a half. Like, all right, Justin Herbert and this, even a banged up version of this offense, far more consistent than what the Broncos have provided us this year. I think the defenses are more or less a wash. So Buccaneers, Texans, Ravens, Packers, Chargers, uh, pretty much three and a half to one odds. Got to love it. The only thing that I'm slightly concerned with that Chargers um, is the Chargers defense banged up. Bosa potentially out. Like that's that's the only, that's the only thing that like scares me a little bit, but um, like everything else, like I said, I'm with you on the Philly minus two. I love the over in the Cincinnati Houston game, uh, 45 and a half. That game, like, there's no defense going to be played in that game. And the, the over of 45 and a half, like, I would probably take the over up to like 48 in that game. So, like, I think that game is a little too low. And I like Tampa minus nine and a half against Detroit um, on that, what is it, Christmas, uh, no, Saturday game. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, Ian, let's get into some picks, uh, positional picks. We'll start with cash games like we always do. Uh, we'll start with quarterback. You know, you've you've kind of already talked about it. We we both are on the same page. Like, if you're not playing Mahomes, you're probably playing Jalen Hurts in cash. Yeah, I mean, that's the conclusion I came to. And, again, if Tyreek is going to be out, that really affords us so much more flexibility with Meikle at 3,100. Look, earlier this year, like we did have to kind of worry about this because uh, when Sammy Watkins missed time, we did not see Cole step into the starting lineup. It was actually uh, Pringle and also just primarily Demarcus Robinson. But if you look at last season when Tyreek missed time, Meikle was the direct um, backup for Tyreek Hill. I mean, he went at, in the four games that Tyreek missed last year, Meikle played 73%, 63%, 63%, and 61% of the snaps. And also, Mahomes truly just loves Meikle Harbin. If you look at just you know targets per route run this year it's kelsey hill and then hardman the chiefs offense so you see hardman uh you know target almost twice as off literally twice as often as pringle almost twice as often as robinson so you know nine targets last week hardman it's never been a situation where he's gotten a bunch of targets he hasn't done much of it it's just a situation of him needing to get those targets we should have a chance to complete those kills or you know my home stacks this week i guess the question though is who do we stack jalen hurts with if we want to go that route i think it's miles sanders you know, I, I don't hate um, Sanders. I don't hate playing him by himself, and I don't hate playing play, like pairing him with a tight end to just fill a tight end spot. So, um, whether it be Ertz or Goddard, they're they're running throws like so many like uh, double tight end sets. Like 
Goddard and Ertz both played over 80% of the snaps last week and they both ran over 30 routes. So like when you're getting that type of, you know, route, you know, and, and snaps from tight ends, like, okay, I'll play one of those tight ends with, um, um, Hertz, but I don't really trust any of the wide receivers, to be honest, like Rager or Jeffrey or Ward or any of those guys. So like, I don't hate potentially pairing Hertz with Sanders. Um, if you do that though, you, you really are going to need like what, four touchdowns. Um, yeah, that's yeah. true. I would say if you are going to go with, I agree with you tight ends. I mean, look, both tight ends play more snaps than any wide receiver last week, but Rager did leave early with the ankle. We'll see how, I mean, I think he was already practicing on Wednesday. If you are going to take a shot with any wide receiver, it should be Rager. Yeah, talent wise, sure. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, no, a, team no, I'm with you. targets, team IA targets yeah. before he left. I yeah. agree. Give me Goddard before uh, over any of them, but give me, yeah, give me Rager over Jeffrey, whatever Quez Watkins <laughs> is, and all these guys for sure. Yeah, like just give me the talented guy. Don't yeah. give me the old man Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey. Um, uh, cat, we talked about cash. Let's talk more tournaments. Um, I, I do think that like this slate. I'm going to have a really condensed player pool, um, you know, especially at, at quarterback. Is there anything that you want to bring up here as far as quarterbacks go? Two other, <coughs> excuse me. The uh, two other options I did like Deshaun Watson in the Houston offense against the Bengals. I was that a boy Cooks. He's coming around. I had this written down well before we started this uh, on our fuse, <laughs> but <okay>. uh, <laughs> Hanson, Cootie, Cooks, just a very affordable stack to make, even though Watson is the third highest priced quarterback. I don't think any of us expecting yeah. the Bengals to shut down the Texans. Makes you just, you know, sad all over again that Will Fuller won't be in this spot to uh, experience the inevitable smashing. But I'd say Watson, those receivers, and then to your point, if you run, want to run it back with Gio Bonnie uh, Bernard, I guess it is legal to do so. And also uh, Mitchell Trubisky at 50 700 against the Jaguars. Exactly. If you don't want to pay up for David Montgomery and you can't get up there, well, it makes sense to at least have some exposure to his Bears passing game because I do not see a scenario where the Jaguars are holding them, you know, to freaking 10 points or something like that. They're going to score. If it's not going to be on the run game, it's probably going to be through the air. You know, Allen Robinson, Darnell Million, they kind of changed up their receiving core last week. Anthony Miller for like the 10th time in the past two years has been like just randomly outright benched more or less. So can't go to Anthony Miller, but Darnell Mooney, they gave him season-high amount of work in the slot, got him a design rush attempt. I do think that he is once again in play, even after having scored back-to-back weeks. So, you know, Trubisky, Mooney, Robinson, Cole Komet's going to be a real popular uh, tight end at just 3K. He played every single snap last week. So, yeah, don't sleep on Spears' offense, averaging over 30 points per game since uh, Trubisky got back under center. Yeah, um, out of nowhere. So, um, you pretty much brought up everybody. I do think Deshaun Watson is going to be really low owned, kind of sandwiched between like Hertz and Mahomes. Um, again, I just want to bring up like Russell Wilson. I feel like you either fade that game or you stack it. I don't think like there's no in between. Like, I don't think you play like Metcalf or like pieces or anything like that. Like you're, you're stacking the game with like Wilson and Metcalf or Lockett and running it back with like cup and woods or however, or you're just not playing that game um, because I, I feel like it's either going to go off or it's just not going to get there ceiling wise. Um, and then you mentioned like Trubisky. I don't hate that. Um, Baker Mayfield's the other guy that I had written down that I don't hate. And as much as I hate to say it, I like his pieces more. Like I like Deontay Johnson and stuff, but I think eventually the Steelers are going to come out and actually look like a team that is crushed. Um or that is going to crush. And I feel like, you know, that's a spot. Like I don't love Ben, but I love his pieces a lot more. And like, you know, running it back with like T Y Hilton and stuff, um, Jonathan Taylor, whatever you want to do. 
but I, I just want to mention him because I might like build a couple teams and like, oh, you didn't mention him on your show. So um, I, I was looking at Claypool and like, you know, OK, I, I can see that him, him or Deontay. I am not touching Juju's corpse at this point, but we did see Claypool you know, like really get back to being, you know, a fully solidified member in three wide receiver sets as he should be. Yeah. Like he, like he's been the best Steelers wide receiver all year. Yeah, and like Deontay Johnson's just gonna get a a, a gazillion targets, yeah. so you just you have to like consider him. So uh, let's talk running back. We'll start with Cash first. Uh, obviously, we're waiting on a lot of news here. We're waiting on like, is this James Robinson thing a thing? Is Zeke gonna play? Is Antonio Gibson gonna play? Is James Conner gonna play? Is Duke Johnson gonna play? So bear with us on that. But, you know, it's Thursday afternoon, Thursday morning. Um, what are we looking at for cash game running backs right now? Yeah, look, if James Robinson plays people, that's going to be an awfully hard one to trust. Matchup, high ankle sprain, I mean, just does yeah. not mix. And I would say that if you are going to dart throw anybody out of that backfield, it should be Davina Zigbo over Dari Ogumbo Wale. Look, I just think Dari, you know, Chris Thompson, they are true scat bags. If anyone has a chance at getting, you know, double-digit carries, it's going to be a Zigbo. It might just be a situation to fade as a whole. You know, talk about Miles Sanders. He stands out to me as potentially the best play on the board. I just don't even see much of a reason to pay up uh, for Taylor Eckler, you know, Montgomery, Chubb, or, or Chubb. Okay, I, I think it's fair to give those guys higher medium projections, but I think Sanders has every bit of a good chance of getting there. One of the concerns with Sanders over the past few weeks was Boston Scott playing so much more, but with Jalen Hurts under center, they've been more willing to leave Sanders out there almost all three downs, back-to-back games with an 80% snap rate. So love to see that. And yeah, I'm fine just trying to get Sanders in pretty much all lineups of all shapes and sizes. Daryl Henderson, man, 4,500. I'm surprised he's not popping up with a little bit of higher ownership, I guess, because your guy Giovanni Bernard is right there next to him. But one of these two guys, I think, allows you to save a good amount of money, and you don't have to get as risky as going down to Jaguars. With Cam Akers dealing with the high ankle sprain, you look at Henderson, and they've had five games where Akers had fewer than five snaps. He's had 14, 21, 9, 14, 17 touches. And the last two in particular, he was even out there out-snapping Malcolm Brown. So hasn't looked fantastic on the ground since their bye week. He was kind of dealing with that quad injury but i don't know man i, mean, I think daryl henderson he's still going to be the likely lead back of a rams offense that hey should have to you know run the ball to some extent uh to try to keep it out of golf's hand for the entire game so we'll see how that one goes maybe the move though is just paying up a little bit more into that uh you know mid 5k range for Le'Veon bell in cash games he's going to be chalky you know similar for net situation where i could see it busting i do think this is a little bit safer we feel better about the chiefs office the buccaneers Le'Veon bell has been active been working ahead of daryl Williams so we're not having to make that same leap of faith of last week you know Fournette hopefully plays over Shady and Keyshawn Vaughn we know that more about Le'Veon the price is a little bit more expensive than it was last week obviously but uh, you know Falcons defense obviously not what we ever worry about with running back so cash games definitely miles I understand eating the chalk for Le'Veon Bell and I'd say if you want to go lower it's between uh, Daryl Henderson and Giovanni Bernard I would give the slight edge to Gio but I do think it's close all right, so for, for what it's worth, as far as, like, the Love Bell, like, if you want to play him in cash, I'm not going to, like, sit here and argue it, but I, I do think he's a terrible play. Um, like, he's still only going to play, what, 55% of the snaps? Like, the last time that Edwards Hilaire... Yeah, but 15 touches, and if he doesn't find the paint, like, you know, you know, they like to use Daryl Williams a little bit more in the passing game, too. So, um, listen, if Tyreek misses, I like Bell a lot more. Um, I do think like that correlates a little bit more. I think Bell could get a couple extra targets um, if Tyreek is out, but if like Tyreek plays in this offense is a full go, like 
Andy Reid doesn't like running the football. Like the last time Hilaire was out in week 13, like Bell ran the ball 11 times and Williams ran the ball six times. So like, I don't think he's a lock like Pollard would be if Zeke didn't play. Um, I even think like I would have preferred like Fournette more um, than like the situation for Lev Bell, like the Henderson call. Gio is, is a guy that I definitely um, like right now he's in like my like, you know, midweek build. Um, like right now I have him in Montgomery with Sanders. Um, so I, I think Montgomery is going to be pretty popular. He should be. It's against Jacksonville. It's a good spot. Nick Chubb is another guy going up against the Jets. Um, like you said, the Jets like to stack the box. Should Nick Chubb be chalk? Um, I don't know. You know, I, I think that could he get there? Sure. I think that it's really hard to play like split backfields, um, even in good matches at like, this is the highest price dude on the slate. So um some tournament options like Eckler is a guy that I really like for tournaments this week I don't think he'll be popular with Montgomery and Chubb and you know Taylor and Sandals right there so I'm really looking at Eckler for tournaments and like if you're on that other side of the Seattle game like I I keep going down that Chris Carson route just kind of wanting those um touchdowns and I like David Johnson as well yeah, I like the Carson call a lot. I had him down. I think him and potentially stacking the Seahawks defense. Again, they've been solid. Like Jamal Adams. They've been really good. Yeah. They've been really good, man. Like Jamal Adams, okay, he's not Derwin James. He's not someone that's great at coverage. The dude's got like nine and a half sacks this year. Like they did not have a pass rush or coverage to start the season. I don't think they really still have coverage, but at least they now have a pass rush. And obviously Jared Goff is a bit of a statue in that pocket. So yeah, Carson, you know, in that Seahawks defense against a quarterback that we know is prone to, you know, those three turnover uh, type games. Yeah, I like that. Also, this right underneath them, J.K. Dobbins and also loop back around with the Ravens uh, defense going up against the Giants offense that has just looked broke more weeks than not all season long. So Dobbins, it's unfortunate he loses as much as he does to Lamar and Gus Edwards, but he's still the feature back there. And I think uh, if we do see, you know, with Lamar, it's like in games where they really kind of are able to win by multiple scores. We don't really see him lean on his legs quite as much. He does tend to go through the air a little bit more often. And so, you know, having gotten that just true blow up game from Dobbins, I think he scored in four straight, like he's been solid, but wouldn't be shocked against, you know, not a bad giants defense, but again, Dobbins, all the use of metrics are where we want them to be. You know, he's awfully low for a guy that's a, you know, over a touchdown favorite at home against an offense that again, could be uh, turned the ball over uh, frequently. So Carson, the Seahawks, uh, Dobbins and the Ravens defenses like those RB DST stats for sure um i just want to throw one more guy out there that is potentially someone that i'm looking at right now it's ito smith i want to pay attention to this whole situation a little bit more but he has kind of been like the garbage time running back for this team um and like if you're playing the chiefs and you think they're going to get up i'm trying to find that like cheap pivot like you know and i think he is someone that could get 10 and if he finds an end zone like then we're looking at 16 you know 17 points like he's 4k um so <sighs> listen i was i was way wrong with this last week with james white um but he's just the guy that like i have kind of written down right now is like a potential pivot off of like henderson and giovanni bernard 
I guess my it's a potential pivot. I just think his upside he doesn't have like a ceiling. And if we're gonna save money, there's enough at wide receiver between that is me, true. There's a ton Nicole, of Nicole Hamler, you know, just there's enough guys under 4K there where hey, if Ito was 3K with the old pricing system, I'd be there with you. But these days, like you know, if you're not a anything resembling a three down run, like the Falcons were up 17 nothing at halftime last week. I think they ran the ball like 13 total times. So it's just I, I kind of want to fade that whole backfield. All right. Um, let's get into wide receivers. You kind of already talked about there's a lot of value at wide receiver. What are you looking at uh, for cash games at wide receiver? Yeah, again, Tyreek is out. Miko Hartman at 3,100. Sign me up. Hamler at 3,200. We were on him the week he went off, and he was still uh, in price. You know, fell back to earth last week because Drew Locke, again, didn't enable any of his wide receivers to get even 20 yards. That will not be happening, uh, you know, all the time. Keep an eye on these Chargers uh, wide receivers. Jalen Guyton sitting there at 3,200. We've seen his and Tyron Johnson's role really increased uh, without Keenan Allen in the fold. So he's someone where, again, you know, that Chargers-Broncos game, as we were talking about, uh, could be a sneaky shootout, particularly if Joey Bosa ends up uh, being sidelined, uh, to your point from earlier. Other than that, I think uh, then we're starting to pay up a little bit. But, you know, Rashard Higgins, uh, Kiki Cutie, I think, again, just attacking these Bengals, Jets, Jaguars, defenses with some of the complimentary pieces, those are the spots that we want to, you know, go after maybe the not complete uh, number one alphas. But looking at a you know a couple tournament guys uh been talking up the eagles a lot but i think if you do want to run it back amari cooper at 5700 is certainly in play i'm worried about the pressure but it's not like dalton's gonna be on his back every single play and against that secondary cooper might only need you know six seven targets to uh, make the most out of it he's had insane home and away splits ever since he joined the cowboys he does happen to be back home you know Keep an eye on Darius Slay, but it's just not something I'm super worried about. Slay won the matchup against them uh, last year when it was Lions versus Cowboys. Maybe it was two years ago, but uh, either way, you know, I, I think you brought this up uh, last week, actually. Like when Slay shadows someone, it's just straight up man-on-man covers. Like they give him no help, and it's almost like a, arguably a better situation for the wide receiver because they don't have to worry about one defender. It's just a very tough position for Slay to be in, not necessarily worried about that with, with Hooper, uh, with Cooper. And – Man, this one feels iffy to say. Might be coming back here next week saying, why the hell did I say that? But Sammy Watkins at 5,000, man. If Tyreek's going to be out, everyone's going to go on Miko, and I get it for cash. Everyone's going to be on Kelsey. But Sammy is just that guy where he's out there running all the routes, and I just don't think anyone really expects much of him he has started to look a little healthier he jumped over a dude i think it was last week or two weeks ago like actually hurdle someone which hey if you're not healthy i think you'd have a you know much harder time to uh, pull that task off just a dream matchup look sammy has gone off in week one and the playoffs pretty much his entire career with the chiefs hasn't exactly made a lot of sense but you know like a week 16 random sammy Watkins explosion it just seems uh, to make too much sense for the funky year that we've been living in 2020 so Watkins, if there's no tyreek Hey, we've seen the floor, but again, this is the best case matchup we could ask for if he does wind up getting eight to 10 targets that we've seen him in the past, make the most of it. Yeah. um, My wide receivers are always so based on like what type of stack I'm building a quarterback. So, you know, Amari Cooper makes a ton of sense this week. Um, I'll have some CD lamb too. I like the slot matchups against Philly. It's something that I've attacked a lot this year. Um, You know, just kind of looking at it. If, Depending on who starts at quarterback for Washington, Terry McLaurin um, might be in play there at 6.7K. Jarvis Landry, you talked about Cleveland throwing the ball more. Jarvis Landry's seen a huge uptick um, with them throwing the ball. Um, you know, you mentioned Sammy Watkins. I was going to mention him. Rashard Higgins, if you want to go that route. 
if you're playing the Cleveland side and you want to run it back with Jamison Crowder, I don't hate um, captain check down there. So uh, yeah, like, you know, you mentioned Mooney earlier. I don't really like any of the Jacksonville guys. That's the only problem with like stacking Chicago is just trying to find a run back. You know, if you're playing the LA um, side of things, you know, Keenan Allen, you can run it back with any of those Denver guys that are cheap. So uh, let's move on to tight end. You know, obviously Travis Kelsey is where you want to try to be at um, in cash games this week. I think there's a huge drop off, but it's always hard to pay 8,500 for a tight end. Yeah, man. But I will say again, Kelsey is what number four, I think, in receiving errors in the league. He's still top five. And, you know, you just see that Tyreek Hill is there at 9K, even more expensive. The disparity is much closer than it was when he was closer to 7K. But, you know, it is a situation where, uh, you know, I do think it's reasonable to almost project him for more than his salary implied total, as egregious as his salary is at this point. If you want to pay down, though, Cole Komet, again, is sitting there at 3K, played every single snap last week. Jimmy Graham still gets some targets, but Komet's out there all the time. You know, I'd rather do that than, you know, go up to Schultz or Hurst. Dallas Goddard at 3,600, I think makes a lot of sense for the Hurst stacks in particular. But, you know, there's just not that many uh, cheaper options this week with, uh, you know, the Vikings off the main slate. Can't try to go back to well with Irv Smith, who busted last week but had the snaps that we wanted. I just don't know if there's anyone really underneath 3K. And we'll see if some injuries break our way. Uh, before Sunday comes around, obviously, Mo Alley-Cox continues to be banged up. That would open up the Colts guys if he ends up being ruled out. I don't think that's super likely, though. Uh, but, yeah, man, I think it's going to be paying up. Very hard to fake Kelsey. But, again, like we talked about last week, one of the ways that you can make a little bit more contrarian lineups with these Chiefs stacks is to pretty much treat Kelsey as a receiver, put him in that flex. If you want to do that and pair with Mark Andrews, Logan Thomas, even maybe Dallas Goddard, I think those guys do have similar wide receiver one upside. Wouldn't go, you know, too much further uh, down, the, down the stretch trying to do a two tight end stack. But I do think, you know, beyond Kelsey, Andrews, and particularly Thomas, what he's been doing over the past month uh, could also present not the same upside, but enough to at least warrant a few, a few of those types of stacks. Yeah, if you're not playing Kelsey in cash, you're paying down. Um, you could potentially play Noah Fant. But it's probably one of the Philly guys or Cole Komet. Um, like, Komet's still playing the snaps. He just needs to find the end zone. And, like, it is Jacksonville. So, that's always there. Like, we just – we're looking for the snaps. He's running routes. Like, that's what we're looking for. So, uh, but I do think you're trying to pay up for Kelsey this week. I think especially – especially if Tyreek doesn't play. Like, it's a no-brainer if Tyreek doesn't play. You're probably definitely, even if you're not playing Patrick Mahomes at quarterback um, in cash, like you're still want to get it. So um, before we get into defense, Rotor Grinders premium. Now you can just get the sports. You don't have to get everything. Um, the combo premium pretty much includes everything, but NASCAR now. So you can do that as well. Um, they, we have single sport or the combo premium. You know, you, I'm going to have Devin drop the link in chat one more time. It's going to take 10 bucks off of that. Uh, we did have a question in YouTube, Allen or Watson. Um, I'm guessing it's Josh Allen. I'm guessing it's a season-long question. I am in um, the Christmas cheer. So if you had to take Josh Allen or Deshaun Watson, um, like you, you play your stud that's gotten you there, right? You just continue to play Josh Allen, right? Yeah, it is very close. So I have Josh Allen, QB6, Sean Watson, QB7 this week. I know the past Patriots splits aren't great for Josh, but no Stephon Gilmore, I think, helps matters a lot there. And, hey, Bill's offense, they are humming right now. I think we got to, as you said, trust your studs. The, the, the question I've been getting all week is Josh Allen versus Jalen Hurts, so I'm happy uh, we got to avoid this <laughs> one here. But, yes, give me Allen over Watson for sure. 
I, I think it's super close. I, I do. And as much as I love that Houston game, it's just Josh Allen probably got you there. Like you probably have been playing Josh Allen all year. Just play Josh Allen. So, and I think the Patriots defense is overrated. So yeah. Um, any, any defenses standing out to you this week? Um, yeah, there's a few. Yeah. We, we mentioned some of the stacks with running backs earlier. It's like the Seahawks uh, with Carson, the Eagles with Sanders, and the Ravens with uh, Dobbins stand out as uh, strong possibilities. But, you know, every week when we look at this, we try to find just a dumpster dive defense that is priced as an awful defense. Maybe they actually aren't awful. I think it's the Denver Broncos uh, this week, you know, going up against Herbert, who, hey, awesome rookie quarterback, but we've seen him be, uh, you know, prone to mistakes, particularly if his, you know, weapons aren't all going to be there. The Broncos, you know, Obviously, aren't the same caliber defense as past years without Von Miller and all those difference makers, but still a very well coached unit. They remind me of the 49ers. Like when they face just an average offense, they can still look really good. Sometimes they're just completely outmanned, but I'm not sure that's going to be the case uh, with the state of the Chargers offense. So, Broncos at 2,300, like they are not the fifth worst defense on this slate, uh, but they are being priced that way. So, Broncos, if you really want to save some money, otherwise, I'd be trying to stack uh, with the running backs. I don't know if there's one just overwhelming defense i think we want to try to get to i guess maybe the washington football team versus the panthers uh, just has the highest floor because their defensive line is that good but even then it's just not something i'm prioritizing this week i kind of want carolina to upset that game so bad i want washington philly week 17 who's gonna make it like right like, wouldn't that wouldn't that like open up the scenario for them to me. make it you sold so, me, Stevie. <laughs> um listen I, I still like the Washington defense. I just, I want Carolina to somehow win that game. Yeah, like, you know, uh, I don't even hate the Carolina defense, to be honest, 2.7 K the Seahawks defense. We mentioned them a bunch, 2.6 K. Uh, you talked about the Denver Broncos, 2.3 K. If you want to go all the way down and play the jets, like I'm not going to talk you off of it. Um, never going to talk you off of paying a 2 K defense. Um, defense doesn't matter. It's usually like four or five points. So like if, if, if it's between like going like Kelsey Mahomes or, you know, something like that. Like, all right, give me the 2K defense. Who cares? Um, you might, but if you, you might wanna... get some fluky special teams touchdown. Like, who knows? Yeah, you never know. Like, that's the that's the thing. Like, there's so much variance in defense. Um, some of the best defenses might not get a sack and like give up a few points, and like then they're not there either. So, if you want to pay up this week, I do think that the Ravens defense is in a great spot against Daniel Limp Jones um, and that offense. So um if you want to pay up for the ravens defense if you have the money um and the page or the, the the steelers have looked awful so like if you want to go like that route so um you know so we'll have to see but ian any final thoughts before we get out of here and um you know go spend some christmas joy think that's it man happy holidays to everyone out there and hey celebrate this christmas because next week we have the real christmas that is week right. 17 dfs christmas so hey you know don't go blowing your whole bankroll uh this week we still got one more i know season long is over in week 16 but week 17 is truly uh where we all get excited so have a good uh you know real life christmas but just be prepared for the real one coming in week 17 yeah come on carolina make make week 17 <laughs> like it's eagles in washington make it even more um, there we go. fun so uh that's gonna wrap it up here for week 16 of the pro football focus show here at rotor grinders uh, appreciate everyone tuning in merry christmas to everyone and uh, we'll see you guys for week 17 next week mm-hmm.